0: time for conversations with MIT medical care for the community here's your host Melanie
1: Cole Switching to a healthier diet can do a lot to improve your health, but it does require discipline. If you suffer from diabetes, it might be even more difficult to maintain that healthy lifestyle and make those good choices. My guest today is Anna Jasonides. She's a registered dietitian nutritionist at MIT Medical. Welcome to the show, Anna. What role does nutrition and diet play in the management of diabetes?
0: Oh, it is the foundation of the treatment and prevention.
1: So what do you tell people every single day if they have been told they have prediabetes or that they do have type 2 diabetes? What do you tell them about beginning to eat healthy and make those good choices? Well,
0: first I listen to what they're eating currently I ask them what they have in mind of, you know, what things they can do, what they've already read, what they already know. I listen to that because many times people know exactly what they should do. So I use that as a springboard to, you know, grow on. Um, If they don't know, basically we talk about weight loss um, first, if they're overweight because that can dramatically improve your diabetes um, status. And then we talk about, as part of the weight loss, probably the biggest nutrient to decrease are all carbohydrates. So it's the quantity we're trying to decrease, more than just the type that is secondary.
1: Okay, so let's talk about carbohydrates because it's, you know, carbs have gotten this name, this mm. bad rap, but there are no. such good carbohydrates for us, fruits and vegetables and, you know, certain types of good grains. So what do you tell them are the sort of good ones that they're allowed to eat and the ones that they need to stay away from?
0: So the carbohydrates that are good, if we want to use that language, um, would be in the Grain department. I would say the whole grains, but that is not a license to eat as much of the whole grain as you want. So yes, brown rice is healthier than white rice, but you can't eat more of it, and that is what most people think. That they oh, I eat whole wheat bread, and I eat brown rice, and I eat quinoa, and which is another healthy carbohydrate, and they think they can eat three cups. You cannot. (laughs) So. That is very important as part of the prevention and the treatment is you need to keep your carbohydrates, you know, on the lower side, given our American standards now. So, but yes, whole grains would be the better ones. Whole fruit, as opposed to juice, is another way to, you know, express a better carbohydrate. Uh, When it comes to vegetables, most vegetables, I'm going to say the non-starchy ones, are pretty low in carbohydrates, so... Those can become sort of free. I tell people, don't count your string beans and don't count your broccoli. You people don't get overweight because they had too much broccoli.
1: Here, here, they certainly don't. And a carrot no. or a tomato really never caused anyone to get diabetes, but it can be confusing when people do hear that word. And as you say, some things have more sugar in them than others. certain fruits, and of course, juices and smoothies and things like that. So how do they keep track as they're eating? Do you have them journal and then keep track of their blood glucose levels? What do you tell them to do?
0: Um, I do those two things, but I get really specific if people are willing to allow me to get specific, and I might recommend that your average female who has type 2 diabetes, you know, middle-aged and is a little bit overweight, I would recommend that she has 30 to 45 grams of carbohydrate per meal, and that's assuming three meals a day, and that's it. So I get get really specific. So then I would show them a list of, you know, I show them a list of carbohydrates and the carbohydrate content of particular foods in a particular portion so they can sort of get things organized and Count better. So I have people count their carbohydrates.
1: And that is so important. And do proteins or fats play a role in diabetes management? Yeah, they do.
0: And for most people, if you have type 2 diabetes, you know, 90% of type 2 diabetics are overweight. So you have to p- reduce that portion size too. People aren't sure that they don't want to hear that, but it's the truth. We Americans eat a lot of protein. so And that's another buzzword. Everybody wants to eat more protein. And, well, not really. It depends who you are. <laughs> Most of us need to decrease the portion of our steak and even our chicken breast because you can't eat 12 ounces of chicken and say you're necessarily being healthy.
1: Now what many, role do you many many tell them? There? Oh, and I'm what sorry? role do you tell them that exercise plays in mm-hmm. maintaining that blood glucose level?
0: Uh, it is a very important role and it is very effective that exercise can reduce your blood sugar almost immediately like if you took your blood sugar before you went for a walk and then after you went for a walk you would see a drop it as a general rule so it's very very important activity i i don't even like to call it exercise because people's faces cringe i just say movement physical activity and it can be a walk and you can break it up three times a day in fact there was a study that said that that was even more effective You know, instead of doing 30 minutes in one stint, you could do three 10-minute stints and even better.
1: And I think when you deal with people who have type 2 diabetes, Anna, if you've had someone with type 1, they've been dealing with this for most of their life. But when you get someone newly diagnosed, all of this seems to be more of a surprise or a shock. So how do you get them ingrained into this to explain to them how really, truly important it is that they maintain this and manage it? Well,
0: I do it slowly. You know, we try to make a few changes. We get the foundation, right, sort of the basic educational stuff. And then we talk about, okay, well, what changes can you make? What will this mean for your daily routine, your daily food choices? And so we start small, you know, small changes, Um, lead to big changes. So that's how I would approach that.
1: Can patients who take insulin to manage their diabetes become non-insulin dependent if they adopt these healthier habits or lose weight? Uh, If you're type 2, possible. Type 1, no, never. No, but Um, type 2, it's possible to change the medications that you're on and or become non-insulin dependent.
0: Yes, yes. And there is some good and strong evidence to show that you can delay the onset of diabetes with um, diet and exercise. There are very, very good studies that have, you know, shown that. And you lose weight and you manage, you know, to eat less and you exercise, you could get your medications discontinued.
1: We see that often. Really, really, that's great information. Gives people so much hope that if they adopt these healthier choices, that they can actually reverse the process of their disease. How do MIT medical patients use the nutrition services there?
0: Well, they're basically referred from their physicians, but they can also just ask for a referral, and they don't have to be sick to see me. So you could have diabetes, or you could say, oh, I want to prevent diabetes, and we could, you know, go. that's how they could use me.
1: So then what about people who just want to use you to help lose weight? What do you tell them about getting that under control and starting a good, healthy, you know, not necessarily diabetic, but a good, healthy food choice lifestyle?
0: What do I tell them? Well, it starts with an assessment. So I don't have a canned, uh, you know, procedure here, but um, I try to make it specific to them. It's definitely going to revolve around fewer calories. This is how one is going to lose weight. So we need less calories. And we think about with the patient, how can they do that in the the course of their day with their habits? Where do they eat? Uh, What do they order? What do they drink? So we try to look at what they're doing now to make it realistic instead of sort of a canned thing like eat less and move more, because it's hard to take that into your life. So I try to get specific, but it will re- it'll mean, yes, you have to eat less and you need fewer calories. There's no magic, no magic bullet. There's no combination of food that's going to burn your fat, you know, despite what the Internet tells us. There's no time of day that, you know, you're going to do this or do that. I wish there were, but there is
1: not. <laughs> there certainly isn't. It can be so confusing in just the last few minutes here Anna. And it's great information. Just wrap it up for us about the nutrition services at MIT Medical and what you really want people to know about healthy eating.
0: Well, I want them to get the facts about healthy eating because I think there are way too many mystery, you know, things out there and advertisements on the internet and you know, good food, bad foods. I I really think they should get the facts and I think that they should hear it um, from a registered dietitian nutritionist. I think we have a broad um, eye of what's out there, what the studies have shown, what works, what doesn't work. So I would say that would be important.
1: Thank you so much for being with us again, Anna. It's just great to have you on. You're listening to Conversations with MIT Medical. And for more information, you can go to medical.mit.edu. That's medical.mit.edu. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.